San Jose gets back to its winning ways in the state of hockey. The Sharks win 4-1. to We'll discuss it. And along with everything else, with this 8th win for Team Teal right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday night, November 16th, 2021. The San Jose Sharks are victorious. 4-1 to one over the Minnesota Mild. We got plenty of things that weren't mild in this game to talk about. But first, we welcome you to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every single Sharks game home and away. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. And, of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, all that, Discord, all that fun social media stuff. Of course, you can find everything at tealtownusa.com. So with that, good evening, everyone. Uh, peeking through the shadows, it is Ian Reed. How are you, bud? I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. Um... Is it dark? Do I need to turn my, I need no. to turn my light? That's fine. Your light is totally fine. You are good to go. Okay. Uh, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, this game, quite interesting. Um, all around. I mean, this had everything. This had uh, goals. This had uh, people's getting showing liberties. I, I mean, all around some fights in it. I mean, but overall, I think this was... A solid uh, victory for the Sharks. Yeah, a big bounce back game. I, I don't think uh, anyone, including coaching staff, was happy about um, how they played on Saturday night. And I didn't completely watch the game. I was kind of doing a couple things at once. But um, I, I'm glad it, I only took the occasional glance at that game because anytime I glanced over, it really wasn't going well for the Sharks. Um, this game was a big bounce back for them. I think they got back to doing a lot of the things that they were successful doing. And, uh, you know, and it worked out for them tonight against a good team. Like the Minnesota Wild, as much as I, I like to poke fun at them, um, <laughs> they've been really good this year. Um, so I think that all in all, like, you know, like there's a lot to like about this game. Yeah, I mean, they, they played a solid game against a solid club that was uh, one of the teams vying for... Uh, the top spot in the central and considering, you know, with Caprice off around and, and among others, like we will talk about Erickson Eck having, you know, a, a solid night and had a nice goal as well for Minnesota and all around a good night for San Jose in, in this one. So uh, let's grip it and rip it and get into it right now. Early on, uh, it seems like it's becoming a theme here that the, that the opponents of the Sharks are trying to, uh, take some liberties, but I think more so tonight in Minnesota. Uh, they, you saw them going after, like, Timo Meyer early on. We'll get to the Barabanov situation a little bit later, but, you know, uh, Greenway and Dumba trying to uh, crash crash on the Sharks a little bit, and uh, it led to some blows between Middleton and Greenway. I thought that would kind of, I think that was, to me, I thought that was Middleton's way of saying, all right, don't, don't you start running with your heads cut off, you know. Mm -hmm here uh i'm trying to simmer it down a bit 
Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of both those guys' games, right? Like, those guys are both heavy players. They're going to, if you give them an opportunity to lay a hit, they're going to take the hit. Um, but it was good to see, you know, Middleton kind of sticking up for guys. It was good to see, even though he, Hurdle got that funny penalty, like, got a penalty for, you know, just one penalty for roughing there. I thought that that was a good response to the hit that um, that was thrown. Right. And um, I think like the broadcast said, you'd want to see kind of Dumba if you're going to run around and 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 I don't I don't think Dumba's an overly dirty player per se, but very mm. opportunistic. And I think if you're going to if you're going to run guys, then like you should probably, you know, use your own fists instead of having Felino do it for you. But um, <laughs> like I so I kind of thought that was kind of annoying. But overall, like. I've never been a huge fan where like a clean play, like, Oh, there's a big clean hit and now I've got to go fight you. Right. Like yeah. you shouldn't have to answer a legal play with an illegal one. Um, I, I have never understood that part of quote unquote hockey culture. Um, but some, you know, but there was some questionable hits. So I think, um, I don't blame, you know, I don't blame guys for going in and sticking up for their teammates. Yeah, oh, uh, because you are a team and, you know, you want to stand up for them and you are working together for a goal. You know, I, I think that's probably where they're going with it uh, like crazy. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I've never I never understood the whole, oh, you hit me. You hit a guy. Now I must now I must obliterate you. Fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It, it's just, cave, it's always seems hockey. like a dumb thing to me, right? Like if, if you're gonna, if someone lays a hit, then, then you should just go lay a hit of your own. Like I've never understood this fighting after a clean hit, fighting after a questionable hit or an absolutely dirty hit. Yeah, absolutely. But fighting after just a good clean hit kind of, it's just dumb. <laughs> like yeah. I understand why it's a thing. I just, but I just think it's dumb. <laughs> so Middleton and Greenway serve fighting majors, but it seemed like it kind of sparked the sharks up because just not even like a half minute later, Mario Ferraro is is pinching in and and buries a nice pass to him from Couture to make it one nothing. Uh, Ferraro, the the defense getting into the scoring uh, once again. Yeah, I love I I've loved a lot about Mario Ferraro's game. I think that now that he's not having to do everything, he can <laughs> go back to focusing on what he does well. Because let's be honest, like him and Burns were getting a stupid amount of minutes when when the COVID thing was going on. And now that they've got guys that can munch minutes again, I think the only like I don't think Ferraro was bad over the COVID stretch, but I think he was being asked to do a lot and maybe things that he normally wouldn't do in his game and. And I think it's okay to say that, you know, maybe he didn't excel at all of it, or maybe, you know, he was asked to do a lot more than he should be asked for. I think Mario Ferraro is a, a great defenseman, but I think everyone has their limits and, you know, you kind of want your guys to stick within those limits. And I think that being able to kind of go back and just play his game without having to worry about being the entire defense, uh, I think is going to, you know, serve him well. And I thought it was a good, it was a good pinch. And I think the one thing that you got to love Mario Ferraro is the way that he has the intelligence to know when he needs to chip in and when he needs to play defense. Right. Um, you know, he's not going to, he's, he's never going to be a guy that's going to blow up the square sheet like a, like a Makar or, you know, one of those guys. But I think, you know, a well-timed pinch, I think he's, you know, he's really good at 
timing those and and this one worked out Couture gives him the puck and in the net it goes yeah and he he looks to have that smart hockey sense that you usually don't see right off the get-go from a third year player I mean uh I know we tweeted out that you know future captain material and we've been saying that for years but uh, he just seems like to be an awesome defenseman it's just it, it just is gonna hurt me <laughs> when we have to yeah. pay him well I don't I see I don't I don't think so you don't like what what do you think what do you if you were gonna give him a contract more how much are you paying him maybe he gets that mid-level Vlasic deal that like, sweetheart Vlasic deal that think, the four like, I love Mario Ferraro but I don't think he's a nine million dollar defenseman. Like I don't think you pay him with the other with those other guys, and yeah. that's why I always like get kind of confused when people are like, sure. oh god, man, that Mario contract's in it. Why? He's not like he's not in like he's a very good defenseman, but he is not in that Kale McCarr echelon of defensemen. And I only use him just because that's, you know, right. I think when you look at that nine million guy, like you're looking at guys like Kale McCarr. And I don't think they are in the same stratosphere of player. He's very good. And I'm not, and this is not to take anything away from our, who I think is a very good defenseman, right. but he is not elite. I, I no, I don't think he's elite defenseman at, at the very least, not yet, but, um, but he's definitely he's shown a yet. lot of he's always going to be a really, I think he's going to be a steady two way mid pair guy. Yeah. So, I I think he's a solid defenseman, but yeah, uh, he, he's not going to get the big big numbers. At least I don't think. One who has gotten big numbers, Timo Meyer, uh, he got his sixth of the season uh, on a nice play from uh, Vlasic and Couture. And now let's tie in to talk about this defenseman who got called out yesterday from Bob Bugner. You know, mm-hmm. he got you know Shimmick was scratched. Hataka comes in for him. Uh, Vlasic kind of, you know, I don't want to say doghouse because that might upset him, but, you know, uh, definitely needing to get a swift kick in the butt going. And, and honestly, he didn't look too bad tonight. He had an assist, two blocks in, in less than 15 minutes of gameplay. Yeah, I think it's a situation where you've got a bunch of guys, but not all of them fit well together, right? And I think that's the big problem with the Sharks decor. I don't think Shimmick and, and Vlasic are very good. Like, I don't think that's a great combination of guys to begin with, um, which certainly doesn't help. But obviously, when you've got guys playing well, you've got Middleton playing well with Carlson, you've got Burns playing well. Like, what do you do, right? You've got two guys making one making a, a hefty amount of money and one making not, you know, like Shimmick's deal isn't cheap. I mean, it's right. cheaper, but it's not. It's not like he's a league minimum defenseman. Like this guy's making two point five million, right? So, I I'm glad that one of them got sat. Um, I'm not going to sit here and argue over who should sit worse. Like I think that combination's <laughs> been absolute dog shit, and I think you I don't think anyone would disagree with me at this point. No. Um, so yeah, I thought you know I thought Vlasic played better, and I just wonder if like Vlasic look at Vlasic's paid to be a defenseman that should still play well regardless of who he's paired with but i just i've never liked that combination yeah uh, i mean i thought what shimmick was with burns for a while early on in his career were we calling him like the the next coming of the burns whisperer mm-hmm. yeah so i mean 
But I think I think if you're looking for guys to like if you're looking for guys to respond, I think Vlasic did respond tonight. And I think he responded well. I just again, I don't want to take I don't want to like just turn this into a Vlasic bashing thing, but I think for whatever reason, like it just seems like his best hockey's behind him, unfortunately. So you just have to try and find a way to get the most out of him while we write out the deal. Yeah, and, and Kenny mentioning pickles looked good tonight. Couple attempted shots on net as well. Message was received. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And look at you know, good on him for for stepping up his game when called out. I mean, there was a lot of times last year where guys got called out and they just continued doing the same shit every game and <laughs> didn't really respond at all, right? So I mean, whatever Boogie's doing in the room, it's clearly doing something. Like I, I think that it was a good to send a message to a guy like Shemek, right? Yeah. Um, it's good to send a message to other guys. So hopefully as long as guys keep responding, it's just the problem you ought to worry about though is eventually, you know, you just you can only nag a guy for so long before it's like, well, I make $7 million and have a basically <laughs> a, have a no move clause. So, you know, it's me or you, Mr. Coach that can get fired tomorrow. <laughs> right. Of course. Uh, so the Sharks would have a two, one lead going into the second period and, and mid or, Two nothing lead, I should say. They would get to two one thanks to a Minnesota goal. Joel Erickson Eck on on the goal there. Uh, I, I I just think I don't think Reimer really saw it per se. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the goal. Yeah, uh, the wild score. I I think it's fine. I thought Reimer played a good game. I think Reimer continues to be the better goalie of this tandem, which I think is problematic because he's not supposed to be the guy like (laughs) he was brought in to be the guy. And I, and I don't want to completely dump on Hill either. Cause I don't think, you know, look at that. The the whole team was awful in Colorado. Like there wasn't much redeeming about that game. So it's hard to, when the whole team sucks like that to just be like, well, yeah, Aiden Hill sucks. But I think, um, a lot of his goaltending performances so far have been, a li- you got to start being a little concerned, I think about Aiden Hill at this point. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm not saying we should give him the Jones treatment, but I, I think that you would be okay to be a little concerned about, um, about Aiden Hill's plays in comparison to Reimer at least. Oh yeah, for sure. Because how Reimer has been playing and having one of the best save percentages in the league, along with the best, one of the best uh, goals against averages in the league. Obviously, if you need a game, if you need to pick a, a goaltender to go with, Reimer's your guy right now. And, you know, Hill Hill has shown those flashes, and he just needs to be more consistent. I mean, yeah. that's, that's his yeah, best thing. Yeah, I think it's just consistency. And look, this is a guy who's played, you know, how many NHL games? Like, not even, not even 60 yet, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, there's there's a lot of time here, and that's why that's why I said it's not like you want to like sit here and like start giving Hill the Jones treatment because I don't think like we didn't give Jones the Jones treatment for a long time. Like we gave Jones a lot of runway, and I think Hill deserves the same. But you know, again, a little bit concerned. But I I mean, as long as you're getting quality goaltending from Reimer, I mean, you keep splitting the load until Hill finally, you know, gets his feet under him a little better. Right. Well, and you you can't and see the thing is is that you almost want to go with Reimer and roll with it, but at the mm-hmm. same time you do need to get Hill some games, get his confidence up, and keep building up 
um, you know. I mean, yeah, like, here's the thing, right? It depends on, like, what you think this team is. Like, this team right now, all things considered, in a pretty decent place. But it's a 500 hockey club. Yeah. Right? So, it's like, do you need to pick a starter? No, I think you just keep, you know, I think you try and ride the hot hand when you can, but... I don't think there's any, you don't need to be like, okay, Reimer's the official starter now because he's been better and he's just going to start a billion games. Like, I don't think Reimer, when's the last time Reimer's worked that kind of workload? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of it. I mean, after he was here after the trade to Toronto, then he went to Florida, then Carolina. I mean, yeah. really, it's been more of a tandem situation. And I think that's yeah, and it's the way it should with. stay. Yeah, it's, and that's the way it should stay because I don't think, like, I don't, really want to see Reimer start 60 games because <laughs> I don't think he will hold up to 60 games. Like I think Reimer is a very good goalie, but he's never been the workhorse goalie, right? He's always been the guy you want to, you know, he's, he's the guy you want to tandem. So I, I like the tandem. I think they should continue tandeming. I think again, like I've, I've kind of said this all year, like the, the worst thing they could do at this point is just name someone the starter and then start riding them. Yeah, I mean, I know Booger did mention at yesterday's media session that it's time to give the hot hand extended time, but not that much extended time. I mean, let's let's not get too crazy. Let's not get all Auntie Niemi or Evgeny Nabokov or let, let's even go or Martin Jones. Or Martin Jones, heck, even Archer's Urbe. I think Urbe played what seventy eight games. Those the, they ran. Yeah, but that was like in nineteen. Like I don't know. But like it's 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 a bad comparison. Crazy. But I think you want to like I understand the the point. But at the same time, like you, it was a completely different management group. Oh, for sure. Right, and that's why I don't like reaching back that far. I just like Urbe's an app or not Urbe. Sorry, Niemi Nabokov. Like those are app comparisons because those were under this management group. Martin Jones got the tread run off the wheels in his time here right and that's that's i'm not com not even trying to compare it to that i'm just saying how much game time that was played yeah and matt matt in the chat you know rhymers never started more than 44 games in his initial career There's probably a reason for that <laughs> you don't want to burn him out it, it's like right. with, no, with exactly. like, a, it, like a kid playing his first year so uh moving onward to um well kind of the Big hit, big play of the game here in in my mind, uh, you know, Barabanov was was waiting for the puck to come up to him. He gets, he starts trying to start getting some speed. Dumba is coming in, uh, and mm -hmm. takes a shot. It looked like it got head, uh, or at least it got partial head. It might be a shoulder then head. Uh, he did. Looked like his follow through made him uh, jump a little bit, um, and and yet Hurdle gets two minutes for roughing, and that's it. What yeah, do you think? I, I don't. I'm gonna make people mad. I didn't <laughs> love the hit, but at the same time, like Barabanov could not make himself any smaller in that play. Like, you know, you know who's on the ice with you. You have to, like, you, there has to be, there, it's not just like, I know when people are be like, oh, you're blaming the victim, fine, whatever. But, like, you have to be aware of who you're on the ice with, and you have to make an attempt to protect yourself. 
Barabanov just got really small. So yeah, of course he got hit in the head. That's what happens when you basically go in the fetal position before you get hit. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not saying it was a good hit. Like, and, and maybe Dumba needs to light up. But I still think there's... It goes both ways, right? Like, you have a responsibility not to lay dirty hits. You also have the responsibility on as the player being hit to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree. You you don't you don't see the entire I mean you hate to see all the uh like like I said I'm not saying it was a good hit I just you would like to see Barabano do more to protect himself from that hit that's all like it's still it's not a good hit Dumbo could light up I agree uh Skylar thank you for the two dollars sc- uh super chat donation I'm not going to repeat myself but thank you very much appreciate it uh, ho- hope you hope you keep that in your memo. Okay, but again, <laughs> you know, uh, moving on. Uh, then Erickson Eck takes a tripping call, which I thought was a little ticky tacky. I think that was probably a makeup call for more than anything. But then ten seconds after they start skating four on four, Eric freaking Carlson grips it and rips it off the post and in to make it three one. Uh, Good to see Carlson, you know, first off, shoot first. Uh, secondly, mm-hmm. he's you you kind of expect Burns with his stature to have that big booming shot. Carlson's got a pretty sweet one himself and uh, used it. It's deceptive, this too. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. Like, Burns, you kind of know what's coming. It's going to be just an absolute rocket. And, like, Carlson... The difference between like he's more deceptive in his shot selection. You don't know what is going to come off that stick. You kind of know what's going to happen with Burns. Like he's going to grip it and rip it, right? Like you know what's coming. With Carlson, he's a lot more deceptive with his shot selection, and you never know what is going to come off that stick until it's coming. And an assist to Jake Middleton on the play, and Matt H in the chat earlier. Who would have thought that Jake Middleton would fit into the Sharks' decor like he has? The guy was great for him, right? right. Like. I mean, for a guy, because, like, Jake Middleton's a guy who's been in the system forever. And he's been passed on the depth chart a bajillion times. So if you if you had Jake Middleton's going to be a regular NHLer on your 2021 bingo card, good good on you. <laughs> I sure as hell didn't. No, I mean, projected to be a career AHLer, and here he is playing with EK65. And fitting in nicely, to be quite sure. honest. I mean... Uh, the only thing the only thing that would concern me about this Jake Middleton situation is like I don't if anyone says the Carlson whisperer I'm hunting you down and <laughs> it's not going to be good right like we don't need to get back into this habit where we like hype guys up like I think he's done very well playing with Carlson but I think a lot of people would do very well playing with Eric Carlson we don't need to pay Jake Middleton shimmick money because he has one good season with Eric Carlson so let don't let's not start the the Carlson whisperer nonsense. Like it's good and we should enjoy it, yeah. but I don't. And I and I'm not saying this like I'm not trying to take anything away from Jake Middleton, but we've the Sharks have done a lot of stupid stuff because they think, oh well, now we've got the guy that can play with this guy, and then the next season it all falls apart. Yeah, like how many how many guys have played with Burns? Like oh, we finally figured it out, and then the next <laughs> season we're like, oh, we don't have that guy. 
or or that guy just gets burned by William Carlson to the playoffs, and next thing you know, Joachim Ryan's in. Right. We're going forward, yeah. And yeah. then yeah. Shemek, and yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Uh, Middleton, I mean, 17 minutes of ice time, a plus yeah, good. two. I mean, good on him. Like, I'm again, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just, it always scares me when you have, like, a a, a guy who's coming in and, and just catches lightning in a bottle that they're just going to do something dumb long-term because of it. Very true. Uh, ironically, you know, strangely enough, the, the decor overall, uh, you know, like Hitaka had a little bit under 12 minutes of ice time. Ironically enough, the only one that has a minus behind his name tonight. I mean, granted, yes, plus minus, not exactly the biggest thing, but Vlasic, you know, 14.47, Middleton 17.07, Ferrara played just a little bit under 23 minutes. Eric Carlson playing over 23 minutes. Burns, he's still at 26.55, though. Which is where he's going to stay. Like, Burns is always going to munch minutes. He's just that guy. So, uh, good good job all around with, with the defense. You know, working with this with offensively, defensively. Obviously, one goal. Uh, you know, we, we, we say, you know, we, we blame... Uh, the decor when it was Martin Jones, we should give them kudos for when they when they've had a good night. And you know James Reimer with the twenty six save performance, nine sixty three save percentage. I mean, defensively they looked they looked good. I mean mm-hmm. overall, I think everybody looked good in this one. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, like I said, it was just such a better. It was such a great response after what happened in Colorado. You know and. I think that it's a tough, you know, again, guys coming back into the lineup after not playing for a while, like there you can practice and you can work out all you want, but nothing replaces NHL game time. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you could, um, you, you know, obviously I've heard, you know, the altitude, which, yeah, that's probably a factor too. It's not exactly the most (laughs) ideal way to come back in the line. Oh, you're going to play in Colorado. You're going to, you're going to jump back in the lineup in Colorado and play a mile above, (laughs) you know, above sea level and so i think that you know i think all things considered like there was a lot of built-in excuses for that colorado game i don't think it completely excuses the execution though like i wouldn't i don't think you should just give the team a pass because of it because i think they just still didn't play very well but uh definitely the kind of response you'd want to see after an embarrassment game like that because i think that was probably the most embarrassing game this season was the colorado one from what little i i mean and i didn't want to go back and like watch it in any detail because from what i saw i didn't like what i saw so there was like nothing there that i'm like oh maybe i should go back and see what i feel like i just feel like from what little i saw and then from what i gleamed from smart people like yourselves on on you know on the twitters the i felt like i saw all i needed to see in that one um so you know again great response for them tonight yeah i mean so d decor and all the players coming off of the pro covid protocol uh having a solid night uh kenny as we head into the third period kenny saying whoever blew that d assignment for the wild on the hurdle goal is getting gassed tomorrow at practice um yeah hurdle was left wide open i mean whoops yeah great yeah <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to leave. Uh, you don't want to leave Hurdle out there um, all alone because he's. I mean, he's a dangerous player. He can he can do things. So, if you blow that coverage um, on a guy like Hurdle, he's going to make you pay. Yeah, and, and I think uh, besides that, the Sharks really went into shutdown mode. I don't want to say prevent mode, but uh, they they looked pretty solid defensively. 
in the end there. Uh, I, I did like Cogs trying to get Benino a point uh, with the empty netter on there. I mean, I know that's kind of a little rough, but I mean, shoot, man. <laughs> Sometimes it's one of those things, right? Where like, and I, I've said this about Balsers, right? Where it's like, you just need one and hopefully the, the Dambers. And you and for a guy like, for a veteran like, like Benino, like you got to think like, he's got enough offensive acumen that yeah once he gets a point he's going to be fine but i don't i'm not worried about it like i don't i'm not super concerned about benino's lack of production i mean you want to see some for sure because they're kind of built to be like you know um a three-line offensive team i think that's what they're looking for i don't know if they have the manpower to do it but i think that's the approach that they've tried to take so obviously getting Benino off the Schneid would probably be helpful in that regard, but right. I don't. But it's not I like a know. big. There's a lot of. Do. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not as worried about it. Um, I know. I know there's definitely out there that you know a lot of people aren't super pleased with Benino so far. I don't know if I'm there yet. Uh, I'm not super impressed. I think may, maybe when you're, when you're thinking like, okay, well, you know compared to i mean who was the third line guy last year marlo gambrell yeah right like donato he's been better times. than those two yeah i mean that's that's a low that's a low bar but <laughs> i mean i don't know i i there's a lot like i'm not trying to look for reasons to be mad at this team If that makes any sense, like, and I guess I, so I mean, you know, maybe, and maybe my, maybe that makes my analysis a little soft so far this season, but I'm not, I'm not looking for reasons to be mad. Like there's a lot of good things going on and I'd like to just focus on that. I mean, we've got all season to, you know, to get mad. I just, no, I'm just not there yet. I think outside this call, the Colorado game, this team has been solid. It's been, it's been showing effort. It's been showing a give a damn. It's been trying to do whatever it takes to get the win. Um, mm. You know, yeah, have there been hiccups in some games? Sure. For sure. I mean, but the, yeah, that Colorado but game. But you have that many rookies in the lineup, that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and you're going to have, what I think we we had, uh, what did Benito say, like 11 guys with less than 50 games of experience mm -hmm. in in the lineup at one time? That's that's crazy. And and to pull yeah. off what they've pulled off in, well, they're now 8-7-1, and one, so in 16 games with with this set of guys, it's a huge accomplishment. All, all things considered, absolutely. Like this is there. Like all things considered, this is much better than I I probably thought this team. Like I had hopes this team would be a better team this year and would like probably sniff around the middle of the pack in the Pacific. But I like I had hopes for that, but I wasn't sure. I mean, so so far, like I. I, I'm not upset at anything so far, right? Like, right. it depends on where you are. Like, what do you want to see? Like, what do you think this team is? What's the end goal? Like, obviously, okay, if this is a team, like, if you think that the goal is the Stanley Cup every year, then I guess you're a little annoyed because this team isn't winning no Stanley Cups. <laughs> and Rockets. Right. Rockets saying Benino is our cup guy. Doug has to have a cup guy. She's not wrong. She's not wrong at all. Rocket, good to see you in the chat, my friend. Uh, miss you. Uh, let's get to some of the comments, uh, from the dressing room. Uh, Boogner, you know, talking about, I thought that was Vlasic's best game of the year. Hawkeye had jump. It was nice to see four lines rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, 
they uh, Couture was mentioning that you know they've been they had a good game, defended hard, blocked shots. Happy to see them as well. The Sharks had uh, eighteen shots blocked in this game tonight as well, and that's one thing that that they've been really good on uh, this season as well in putting their Benino. I, I I keep going back to that one that one block against Calgary mm-hmm. with that effort. Um. Uh, Eric Carlson saying getting my goal gave us breathing room not having to worry that they might tie it up we knew they were a team that likes to grind you down and we stuck with it and against a team that has all that firepower you know way to have that shut down yeah yep um let's see what else do we have here uh Middleton and Hurdle they answer the bell at the right time looking to get physical both those were turning points in the game and that that's the other thing too is that both of those within like a minute or two, if that, the Sharks responded with a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was always a uh, good to see. Uh, talking about faceoffs in the sense, Rudy's been working with Madden on faceoffs. He won a big draw, and Carly puts it in. Uh, I mean, the Sharks at one time were getting dominated a faceoff circle almost two to one after the first period, and they end up tonight almost winning sixty percent of the draws. Yeah, I think faceoffs have definitely been something that I think the Sharks struggled with last season, and they've definitely gotten better this year. Yeah, and, the, and, and I think bringing in a guy in like Benino probably helps with that. Although I'd have to look at the numbers to verify, but I feel <laughs> like that's got to help. No, overall, I think it's been a huge plus. I mean, how many times did we see a faceoff draw last season, and it ends up being a goal with within five, ten seconds? After the opposing team, you know, gets the goal there. Uh, Boog- yeah, so like Benino was 67% in the dot tonight. So, wow. I mean, what else? Uh, Weatherby, 71%. Team yeah, Weatherby. I mean, again, you know, guy who's um, maybe not doing amazing things on the score sheet, but I really liked Weatherby's game. Uh, I think it suits that lot. I, I think he suits that spot a lot more than, than a guy like Ambrell did. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody was a positive in the faceoff circle except for LeBank, and he probably took like maybe one draw probably. from there. Um, let's let's talk about Banker. You know, we played about 11 minutes of ice time tonight on the fourth line. Um, definitely got some, he got four shots on goal, so he was definitely trying to get, get out and, you know, do, do yeah. his diligence in, in, on the fourth line, definitely saw him hustling a little bit more, not taking that cheap penalty. Yeah. Bankers. He's an interesting one, right? Because I just, I don't know. I don't know what you do with banker at this point. Like, I don't think he's a weird, he's a weird fit on the fourth line. Like I think starting him on the fourth line, I understand you're starting to, you're trying to send a message, but it's not really where you want him to be. Like he's never going to be a, defensively responsible forwards just not his game no his so i don't know why you want to put up like put i i just i understand you want to send a message but at the same time like i don't know i don't think you're putting him in the position to succeed like he's been on the third line most of the year i just i don't know i just i feel like like i i i don't love banker's game and i'm not going to pretend like i'm a big Kevin LeBanc guy, but I just feel like he's, you know, he probably, 
I just wonder if he finishes more of those chances that that Balsers doesn't. Yeah, and do you think it's more so having the secondary scoring spread out uh, more? Uh, I think it helps, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like that third line, offensively, you're not getting anything out of that third line that you probably want to considering some of the guys that you've put there, right? You've Like, they're not, like, they're third-line guys, so they're not, you know, all-world defensive talent, but I feel like they've had enough. There's enough on that that you figure it should factor into the offense a little bit more than it has so far <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and weatherby has shown flashes uh offense especially at north for Dakota. sure yeah but i think with weatherby like you don't weatherby was never was never coming in to be a scoring guy right he's your grindy he, he's he's your grindy bottom six guy who's gonna win draws and you know and, and be a pain in the ass to play against like if you look at you, if you look at his scoring in college, like it's not there, which is why I don't think a lot. Why, which is why I think he snuck up on a lot of people when he made this team because, you know, generally the numbers that he put up in college don't translate to the NHL as well as like as well at all. So counting on a guy like Weatherby to be uh, an offensive juggernaut, we just that's just not in the cards. It's never going to be there. Gotcha. I although I do like him on the power play getting his big butt in the in for sure yeah again a grindy guy who's a pain in the ass to play against <laughs> a pain in the ass to move around like he's you know he, he does his job and he does it he does it really well uh i just think that you know i think that's the reason why he snuck up on a lot of people because it wasn't like he was scoring in a very you know in, in a very good program in in north dakota but he was never the guy putting up points oh very true so the sharks picked up their eighth win of the season uh, they're at 17 points on the campaign with a 4-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so they will play Thursday in St. Louis to finish up this road trip. Uh, so, Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens here and as we uh, get closer. And, and it's a big matchup against you know the Blues, who uh, actually lost to the Desert Dogs tonight. What? What on earth is going on here? <laughs> like seriously, every dog has his day. Oh, 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 come on now, Ian. Really? Oh, I need, I need a, a a drum set for that for that rim shot setup you just made there, bud. Oh boy. So so Arizona gets their second win on the campaign. Uh, St. Louis fourth at 18 points in in the Central. So that's gonna be. A good matchup, and and you know they'll be hungry, but they've lost their throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. never, that's never the way you want to like. Sometimes you want to go in and you, and you know you, you want to catch teams at the right time. I think the Blues are going to be really mad. Yeah, after losing to the Coyotes, so, um, you know maybe that's not the game you want to catch them after. Maybe not, but but maybe maybe you can take advantage and, you know, continue the slide for them. So it'll be interesting to see what what Blues team shows up because I think that. Again, you, you know, sometimes you don't want to catch a team uh, coming off a, a big loss like that, especially when they're going to uh, bounce back. But I don't think the Blues have been – they've just been okay this year. So I think it's a its a team that the Sharks can certainly beat. I don't think it's like – it's not a – I don't circle that game on the calendar and go, oh, God, Sharks are going to look at any points out of that one. I think they're a beatable team. Yeah. And 
it just you need to take advantage of it. Finish off the road trip with a with a nice uh, run there uh, to get it done. Meyer with 14 points in his first 10 games of the season, the all-time leader with the Sharks. Nolan was 17 points in 10 games. Um, you know, yeah, Timo Meyer's been great. Like, um, I don't, I don't like to super pat myself on the back, but I mean, this is why all summer when everyone's like, "Oh God, we gotta get rid of Timo Meyer," I'm like, "No, no, we don't. He's gonna be fine. Just get him a center who's not a shell of himself, and he will be fine." And sure enough, so far, so good. And looking good, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he's been working well with Cooch. I know Bozosaurus has mentioned Cooch, Banker, and Kane were pretty good line last season. So was Kane, Hurdle, yeah. and Barabanov. Yep. Uh, you know, we are two weeks away from whatever happens with Kane. Yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that those weren't good lines. Like, yeah, they, they were good lines, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, that's that's just about doing it for here the scoring wise i'm just going to see what we got in the uh, pacific here uh canes and golden knights are tied 2-2 in the second ducks are up one nothing on the capitals ducks have been super surprising this year so far they they i think everybody expected them to finish last or a lot of people expected them to finish last or i thought them and calgary would be the bottom of the division and uh yeah that's that's that that has not panned out well so far although i think um I think with the, I, I, you know, the one thing this year, and hopefully we don't see too many more postponements, um, Let's... but, you know, it's an Olympic year. So a guy, um, what's his name? Why can't I, like, Help me out. the Ducks goalie. John Gibson. Really good. Yes. Obviously, you know, so I'm not surprised to see the start that he's gotten off to considering uh, it's an Olympic year, right? Because there's, you know, guys are playing for spots on that Olympic team. Yeah. Well, you know, what would you say for USA Gibson, Hellebuck and who else? Pardon? Uh, for, for USA goaltending. I mean, John Gibson, Gibson, Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck. And then I'm not sure. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, so, uh, and Edmonton losing to the Jets 5-2. Drysdale had a pair of power play goals, but that was pretty much it. Uh, speaking of Hellebuck, uh, who didn't hella suck. Uh, but let's get to the Sens really quick. Ten players, um, you know, in COVID protocol. Uh, yeah, Spencer Knight, there you go. Yeah, that's, Spencer, that's yeah there you go. That That's one. Uh, although he had a little bit of a t- tough one. Um you know, but, uh, but, but Ottawa. So 10 players is apparently the, the, the threshold that you, you don't get to, uh, <laughs> that you get games postponed. So tell, explain to me why, why their, their 10 is more postponement than seven for San Jose. I think the difference is, so here, so I, Again, I no, I could do this two ways. I could run into my kitchen, <laughs> wrap my head in tin foil, and say because the NHL hits hates the Sharks, something 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 Golden Knights, and everyone would cheer. <laughs> something something Golden Knights. Go on. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I think the difference between our situation and their situation, one, the Sharks got all their COVID like in a big cluster, right? 
So they had seven guys, and it never really escaped that this this the seven guys. The senators, on the other hand, it's like I feel like every other day they're adding more players. They're adding more players. So I think that's partially the problem. Other problem is is the that whole border thing, right? Now, obviously, there's seven Canadian teams, or eight, I don't know, seven, eight Canadian teams. I don't remember. Seven. And a, the rest of them are in the states, right? So they're obviously going to have to cross the border more than a team like the Sharks would. Right. Um, so obviously, they were at home their last game against Calgary. Their next game was in New Jersey. They're not getting across the border. Then they would have to go across the border and then come back home. So could they play those home games? Probably. But again, like, I, I think that's the big difference. And also, I don't think you need to be a super mathematician to know that 10 is greater than 7. Right? Like, obviously, there has to be a point where you're going to make the call. And I think if the Sharks were in a similar situation where they continuously kept adding guys instead of the way the Sharks did, they had, they had a, you know, seven guys. It was mostly over the span of a couple of days, and that was it. And I think that if that was the case for the Senators, they're probably still playing. But because they keep continuously adding names to the COVID list, adding names, adding names, adding names, and it's hit their AHL affiliate pretty hard, too, uh, too from what I understand. So there's probably more names on it than that are being listed off. So I think that's those are the differences that, between the two. That would make sense because they don't have a pool to pull up from. Right. And also, yeah. And then uh, Skylar also bringing up, you know, uh, plus four injured plus, you know, obviously, again, uh, border restrictions are different. Uh, Health restrictions are different based on regions. Our province not doing fantastic right now. Um, Like I know locally up here, um, we've had more cases up here this month and it keeps going up uh, than we've ever had during the whole pandemic. Um, There's like there's been an outbreak at my kid's school. So they're stuck oh, at home. Geez. Like they're fine. They haven't like my kids are fine. I don't want to worry about my kids. They're fine, but they're, they have to self isolate for, for 10 days because, because there was, uh, because there's cases in both their classes. So, oh, um, gosh. my kids are fine. They're not, they're not showing any symptoms. They seem fine. Hopefully they stay that way. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like that's the difference. And I feel like if, like I said, if the Sharks were continuously adding names as the the week went on, I think then the NHL would have approached them differently. And that's I think that's the difference. You have to bear in mind, uh, if you don't like it, yell at me on Twitter um, <laughs> and tell me that it's just a conspiracy. That's fine. I, I will I will hear you up. But I think a lot of people were, were upset. Like in, we saw like James Myrtle saying this is getting out of hand, you know, you got to postpone these games yes. and, and I, and, but now that it's explained a little bit more, I think a little people can, a lot more people can say, okay, th- this makes sense. Uh, especially yeah. if it's hitting Belleville. Um, that's, that's a tough part. Plus, you know, all the restrictions and everything. So mm-hmm. that makes a lot more sense in, and uh, I'll promise not to uh, put the uh, tinfoil on. Uh, I think, look it, obviously, you know, the, the, like the sharks media is four or five people 
the Canadian media is a lot of people. Right. Like it's a dis it's a disproportionate <laughs> amount of coverage up there than down here. So obviously, yeah. Was it a little? Was it hilarious when you know, like earlier in the thing, you're like, oh, I think they got a Panic Games. You know, you're like, yeah, laughs in San Jose Sharks. But I think as it went on, like as it continued, you could see the differences. And if you don't see the differences, that's fine too. Yeah. So hope, first and foremost, hope your kids are okay and you. Right, they'll be all... fine. I think I'm not too concerned. Like, gotcha. uh, I, like again, um, they're young, they're healthy, so I'm, uh, you know, oh, ideally they don't show any symptoms and they go back to school in ten days and everyone's happy. Good, 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 good. Uh, but uh, hopefully, Ottawa's situation rectifies uh, sooner than later. Let's just hope it's nothing like. Uh, what Vancouver went through last year and you're in the middle of the season. So that right. Was and that's, and that's it. Right. And you, and obviously if you want to see best on best Olympics, like we don't want to see too many more of these outbreaks because the more games that get postponed, the more likely it is that the Olympics will get canned and the NHLers won't go. And you'll hear a lot of moaning and groaning for sure. So, although you might get to see Olympic Eklund then that might be cool. Ooh, Olympic Eklund. All right. You, you got me intrigued there. I, 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 I was kind of hoping all, either way. It's not all rain clouds. Like, there there could be, there could be some upsides there. Uh, Olympic Eklund <laughs> would probably be one of them. Man, I would, I would, I'd love to see that. I would love to see if he can make the regular squad, but that might be wishful thinking for sure there. So, I think with NHLers in the lineup, I don't think that's, um, I don't know. I mean, I really like Eklund, but I feel like there's enough. With the NHLers going, there's, I mean, Sweden has a ton of hockey players, so I, I think he would be a long shot to make that Olympic team. But the World Junior team, obviously, he's going to be the captain. That's going to be awesome. Nice, something to look forward to. Uh, where's Where's the juniors at this year? Oh, fantastic question. I have no idea. I just, I just wait till they come on my TV. Where are they this year? <laughs> you look that up, and I will get to. Uh, in case you missed anything, or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button; that really helps us out. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and always available at tealtownusa.com. And the answer is. Um, some European country. <laughs> Twenty twenty-two. No, it is in Edmonton Red Deer. Oh, they're going back to Edmonton Red Deer again, huh? I don't know. Is that the plan? Looks like it. Cool. Yeah. Uh oh. There you go. How did that happen? There we go. Let's get Ian back there. There we go. Huh. I try to search 2022 World Juniors and it takes my camera out. Oh, that's what I get for multitasking here, I guess. Yeah, Edmonton Red Deer. So that may, like, yeah, that'd be, that'll be fun. Cool. Uh, and local times, you know, we're yeah. not, we're not waking mean, up at like three o'clock in the morning for a game. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Uh, speaking of prospects, Ben Goodrow uh, had, a, had a great night. I know they uh, mentioned it on the Sharks PR Twitter, but uh, had had a night for himself uh, in Sarnia's victory. I'm trying to see if I can pull that up. I'm using my phone this time. not going to, you know, wipe out the entire broadcast while we're at the same time here. <laughs> but uh, I know he got a big victory for Sarnia over. He's, he has to. Like, that team is 
putrid. So like any game where they win, it's because they goalie the other team. Yeah, and he, like has a lot to do with it uh, usually because they are not good. And I'm looking at the highlights now, and he has an unreal save. We just retweeted out on the Teal Town USA Twitter there. Um, yeah, he made 36 saves for his third straight win uh, for uh, stop 36 to 38 for uh, Sarnia tonight. So kudos Ben Goudreau. I mean, we we've been really excited about all the kids up and coming, whether it's Bordalo, Robbins. Uh, Weisblatt. I mean, it's going to yeah, be awesome. Um, could Ben Goudreau be on the World Junior Team? I think he's. I think he'll be in the running. Is he the guy that's going to start? Probably. Again, it's hard because like he's a good goalie on a really crappy team, which so his numbers aren't his overall numbers this year aren't anything to write home about. Um, but I could see him being. I could see him being on the team. I just don't know if he would be the guy that would get. You know that they would go to um, out of camp, like out of their camp. Gotcha. Well, with that, we'll bring it to a close here. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, Ian, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. Uh, great win. Um, I think it's great. Um, I think we've spent a lot of time giving you all of our opinions. We'd like to see yours in the chat in the comments below. Um, other than that, though, uh, at Ian Blogs Hockey on the uh, Twitter machine, um, if you have anything that you would like to discuss with me, hit me there. Um, I'm, you know, I like talking hockey, so uh, hit me up. I'm at Puckguy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. We will be back with you Thursday night following Sharks and Blues. That is a 5 o'clock start uh, out in the Midwest. So we'll be back with you after that game. Uh, so do us, do yourself a favor. Hit that subscribe button. You know, Hit that notification bell. That will notify you when we do go on the air because, of course, it is fluid. You know, it could go into a 15-round shootout. So just you have that. Know. Yeah, exactly. So like Ian said, leave a comment down below on what you thought on tonight's action if you're not watching us live. Uh, the Chumpversation will continue in the Discord in just a few minutes. But until then, for Ian, I'm Eric. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Thursday night. Jerry. Thank you very much for the Venmo better late than number. We appreciate you, bud. We appreciate all of you. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you on the Discord in just a few.